Hello, skeptics and believers, and welcome to Bat Boy Lives, the podcast about weekly world news in which we discover the weird of our world. Uh, Mike, do you know what the great unifier is among just, like, everybody? Uh, guessing either booze or boobs. That's usually the two things I go with. Uh, you would think so, but actually it's politics. Oh. Wait, wait, it brings people together? Yeah, yeah, it's the great well, unifier. I, Every, everybody loves politics, and I everybody guess, loves talking about it. I guess it brings us together <laughs> to bash each other's heads in, and that's what politics is really good, good no, at. You're, but. you're detracting from my point right now. I'm trying to say that uh, we are now a controversial oh. political uh, pundit uh, podcast. Oh, tr- tr- um, uh, Trump. I said Trump. Is that no? Don't don't. Oh shit! No, (laughs) (laughs) No, demonetized. (laughs) Yeah. So today we're gonna get into some of. I mean, not even like not even the tip of the iceberg. But we're gonna get into some of the political ramblings of Weekly World News, and it it gets a little bit wacky. And I'm really excited to jump into this. I think politics seriously needs more paranormal stuff thrown in. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this the the best way to to bring people together is for us all to laugh at the Hillary Clinton having an alien lover and then adopting an alien baby. We can all laugh at that. I don't care what side of the road you're on. Like Hillary Clinton with an alien lover is just funny. Well, I mean, I mean, it's funny back in like whenever this was written, like you know, two thousand nine, nineteen ninety nine, or or whenever Clinton was relevant, like nineteen seventy four. But I mean, today, I mean, with the, you know, 2019, is it, I mean, I think it's, I mean, if you try to make fun of someone with an alien baby today, I mean, you just be, you know, thrown out of the country almost, I would say, you know, become a pariah. You know, times have changed, Tristan. People are more accepting. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I want to preface this like. You xenophobe. But <laughs> I want to preface this with like, we, we aren't backing any sort of political ide- no, ideology here. No. I will make fun of all the political ideologies. Let me just say that right now. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll make fun of, fun of left, right, center, up, down, around. Because we are enlightened centrists. We are. We are. <laughs> We're like dirty uh, and, centrists. That means and, no one likes you, pretty much, in political <laughs> yeah. terms. But. Yeah, no matter what. Like, uh, no, no, I'm not getting into that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I decided <laughs> to try and find articles from both perspective well not both perspectives but about both sides okay. so uh, we're, we're not taking any favorites here uh it's just we're gonna get a little bit wacky with it we gotta keep it even you know make it fair yeah like you know, yeah. we are a two-party system so we gotta represent both parties absolutely Wh- whatever you believe that's what we believe there we go yeah whatever will make us guess the most views and money and all that stuff we'll we'll also say it i'll believe it sure yeah whatever all right so to start off Bush confidant makes shocking claim: the White House is haunted. What? Demons influence presidential policy. Okay. Executive mansion is built on the remains of Spanish explorers. So wait, when, when did Spanish become all like super, you know, haunty and stuff? I think I understand like you know Native American. I don't know, you know, I'm, graves because you know we did them wrong and you know they had like spiritual powers and stuff so they could haunt us, but. What do Spaniards have? They have, like, give us your gold or I'll shoot you powers. That's all they have. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, these ghosts in these pictures look a little bit Native American-ish, but that could just be, like, the weird Photoshop making them ghosty. Or maybe you got, like, the most, like, guy that just, like, doesn't know anything. It's like, well, they're Mexican, so that's Spanish, right? So, uh, we'll start Spanish on here. What's his name? Dick Siegel? Damn it, Dick Siegel. There's a difference between Mexicans and, you know, Yeah, and you gotta remember, this is, like, I don't remember when this one was published. I'm, I think, 2005, 2006-ish, whenever Bush was still in office. Yeah. Uh, but back then, people were a lot worse than, I mean, not really, but... I'm pretty sure he's been, like, Spanish, you know, conquistadors or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea. We're just gonna hop into this? We'll see. The article will tell us. Washington, D.C. 
According to an exclusive eyewitness report, demons from the depths of hell have infested the White House. Worse, as time passes, they are exerting more and more control over President Bush's decision-making. On how to they... say nuclear. <laughs> no, okay, it's funny because that ties into a later article and I don't want to spoil it. But <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Th things have been pretty weird around here since shortly after George Bush's first inauguration, White House insider CR told Weekly World News. I don't know much about mid-2000s politics because I was literally a child back then, so I don't know who CR could be. Yeah, yeah I was too busy playing Diablo 2 at that time, so... Yeah, it's not Dick Cheney, so... Uh, he and President, or he and Vice President Cheney were always right-leaning politicians, but as the months went by, they seemed more and more interested in a foreign policy based on conquest of, and a domestic policy based on the acquisition of wealth for themselves and their friends. What was really weird was that they always referred to money as oro. Oro is Spanish for gold, so I guess that, that debunks uh, our, okay, that our racist thing. Okay, dang it. <laughs> it's a lot more fun when things are racist. I kid, yeah. I kid. But, uh, so, uh, I mean, that makes sense, you know, um. After certain tragic events happen, you know, we attack someone and then we learn, you know, they don't have stuff. And then we were really there for other stuff. And that stuff they had there, you know, uh, it comes in a black form and then we can make money off of it. And uh, I don't know why I'm saying oil as a code for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get demonetized I mean, for talking I mean, about I'll, oil. I'll, I'll say it for the tragic event. I'll, I'll hold off on that. But yeah, we, we don't, we're never there for oil, essentially, long story short. Yeah, that, that was pretty conquesty what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll, uh, they say, uh, you know, oil is black gold. So we got to. Oro Negro in Spanish. I don't know about Spain Spanish, but at least in Mexican Spanish, that's what it was. I like. don't. I don't speak any Spanish, so. I don't know. Cr said that she was increasingly disturbed by policy decisions that were decidedly un-American: preemptive wars, unlawful arrests, and unconstitutional surveillance. That's yeah. Uh, then last week, she entered the Oval Office unannounced and discovered the reason why. I saw the president and vice president talking with four wraith-like demons, which were hovering over them. Judging from their armor and weapons, the figures were ghostly 16th century Spanish conquistadors. Okay, I'm going to stop you right now, uh, CR. Okay, stop me. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping CR. Oh, okay. Sorry. There's a difference between ghosts and demons. Like, something human can't become a demon. That's not how that works. I, I I could talk to some religious people that would say ghosts and demons are the same thing. But yeah, I mean, technically, you know, uh, if I pull up my Dungeons and Dragons manual, I would say, yeah, ghosts and demons are two different entities. Yeah, because like a ghost is a person and a demon is something from hell, essentially. Like, and usually a ghost is like a soul of someone. Like, it's yeah, a, yeah. So it's like, 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 pick one. Is it a ghost or is it a demon? It's not. It, demons tend to be more physically here. You know, you can at least touch them, or they can hurt you, or you hurt them. And ghosts yeah. usually just kind of, woo, I'm gonna fly through you. You know, look at my, don't look at my ectoplasm. <laughs> but all right, so these uh, so yeah, some of these four uh, Spain dudes got the ears of Dick Cheney and uh, Bush. Yep, tell them about that black gold. I'm assuming. Uh, not only that, but I. Saw saw the spirit of Abraham Lincoln, who had advised the president in the past in Weekly World News, March 28th, 2005. Uh, the great emancipator was bound and gagged, unceremoniously stuffed under the desk. What? That's not American. As I stood there, mouth agape, I realized that Bush and Cheney were actually taking the advice of these spectral creatures. She went on. As we all know, the president is fluent in a number of Latino languages and was easily communicating with the ghosts. Okay, I call bullshit on that. Bush isn't fluent in English. Let alone any other language. <laughs> I think he spoke Spanish better than he did English. Like, he did bust out some serious Spanish sometimes. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know, maybe because uh, Jeb Bush's wife is, I think she's Mexican or Spanish, something like that. I know uh, Jeb Bush I, can uh, bust out the Spanish. I have no idea. You know, and ask you to clap, but... As soon as the group saw me, the wraiths turned to smoke and disappeared. President Bush just looked at me and frowned. Under penalty of dismissal, I promised to remain silent about what I'd seen, CR admitted. Uh, but after I left, I started thinking... If long-dead, gold-hungry imperialists were controlling the White House, it sure explained a lot. I was also worried that things could get worse before too long. <laughs> Weekly World News contacted DC historian Dr. Woodward Mellish to, to find out if CR's story... What? This wording here is weird. Uh, to find out if CR's story were even remotely plausible. And this was, was even... I don't, I don't know English too well. It just, this sounds really weird. I don't know. Might be this correct, was, this just... was written by George Bush. <laughs> uh, indeed it is, Mellish said. Based on CR's description, these conquistadors were most likely part of Hernando de Soto's expedition that sailed north from the region of the Carolinas during the 1550s. Hmm. According to local Cherokee legend, the men made it as far as what is now northern Virginia. Reportedly, when the Spanish invaders landed, they demanded oro. The natives offered food instead, but that didn't float the Spaniards' boat. <laughs> After a fierce battle, the Europeans were pursued into the swamps. Garbed in heavy armor, the Spaniards were quickly swallowed by the bog. Ironically, the Cherokees then sank the Spaniards' boat. Unknowingly, when the nation's capital moved from New York to the south in the 1790s, the White House was built upon that very swamp, Mellish went on. The spirits had been silent until now, I suspect, because until the arrival of George Bush, they didn't have a sympathetic ally in the Oval Office. Sensing the presence of a kindred soul, the spirits rose from hell to renew their plans for conquest. So none of the presidents before Bush would have been down with uh with this until now. I don't know. I, I imagine easier to push this agenda with like presidents from like 1800s, early 1900s. It's like, but like Desert Storm wasn't that like the same thing and not the same president? Maybe uh, Desert Storm one we actually did good there. So maybe the second one, the ghost tricked Bush, like, hey man, we gotta go there again and save some more people. <laughs> and uh, while we're at it, we can get some gold while we're you know some black gold while we're there. You know, yeah. a twofold mission. And then he's like, all right, man, I can't I can't really do all my politician impressions always turn into Bill Clinton. So <laughs> so let's just hurry up and do a, a, the Clinton article so I can start doing Bill Clinton. All right. Well, we'll I'm rush through the rest of this. <laughs> Mellish said that further proof of their influence can be found in the closed borders policy towards Mexico. <laughs> that is the conquistador's way of taking revenge against their ancient enemies, the Aztecs. Unfortunately, the only way to be rid of their hellish influence wait okay wait, wait, wait i got wait, it I yeah. just, how, how do they get revenge i think the conquistadors got it over pretty hard on the aztecs <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean we're the, the closing the borders doesn't do anything to the aztecs like unless montezuma's revenge was just so crazy somehow or like it blew up half of spain and that's the only reason i can imagine maybe wanting to go back and get some more uh i, I guess it'd be revenge in that case but but then as Mazuba's revenge is revenge, so they're getting revenge for revenge. I I don't know. That's just human nature. Yeah, I guess. these these ghost demons stuff like it doesn't make any sense of what they're doing like there's no motivation here i mean i can see why they don't like mexico because mexico you know uh broke off from spain so I, I can see why they don't like it so like yeah they'd want america to like uh you know build that wall to block the mexicans out but i guess i don't know we'll see Unfortunately, the only way to be rid of their hellish, hellish influence is to exercise the White House, both spiritually and politically, Mellish said. That won't happen for another two years. Plenty of time for those creatures to do what CR fears, corrupt our leaders further. CR vowed not to let that happen. I'm going to hold a seance in my West Wing office and summon one of my own ancestors <laughs> to help, she said. My great-great-great-great-great-great-aunt came from Haiti and was one tough cookie. She is famous- Oh my god, I just realized- it was Condoleezza Rice. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Right. <laughs> She's famous for having used a broom to chase armed British troops from her home during the War of 1812. <laughs> Trust me, CR said, no one dead or alive can stand up to Anita Spanish rice. Oh, oh my god, god, that is... No! <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, well, her ghost powers must be pretty crazy if she can chase off, uh, you know, four Kangisors. I mean, is that her in the picture? Like, with the hood? I'm assuming that's her grandma. She looks pretty cool there. Oh, that be could honest. be her. I mean, she looks pretty cool, to be honest. Like, she's got a cool-looking hood. <laughs> but it looks metallic because of the, the picture. Looks like you got the studs on the bottom there, and, like, I don't know, looks like it's welded on the top. Or maybe that's a conquistador, so. <laughs> that's a conquistador. I'm going to pretend it's the ant, because I'll, I'll pretend that's the ant, because it looks cool. Uh, I don't know. There's This just bothers me because it kind of, like, brushes off the whole, like, everything that Bush did bad. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, it was ghosts. Like, no, he did a lot of bad things, and that's kind of I, on him. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, we're getting political, but this, this, this kind of the war thing was, like, the worst thing he did kind of stuff, you know, and yeah, you argue, and you can argue with a lot of Homeland Security stuff he started, you know, it, yeah, trampled on a lot of people's rights and oh yeah, stuff like that. So I, mean, I don't get too much into it, but I, I can see like, you know, stuff they were mentioning, like unlawful arrests and all that. But, uh, you know, in the, in the sense for conquest, we go start, you know, two wars under either false pretenses or just bad, not, you know, information. Either way, it's both really bad, but uh, yeah, enough with uh, political rantings. But, I mean, honestly, if you read this article, like, I mean, this could be an InfoWars article, because I, I remember hearing, like, uh, uh, I, was, I was going full demonetized. I didn't even say his name again. Uh, so Alex Jones ranting about how, you know, demons are corrupting, you know, our politicians and stuff like that, you know, make him do the, the bidding of the devil and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, some of the decisions politicians make, uh, sometimes I look, I'm like, yeah, you have to, demons had to have been involved in order for this to pass. <laughs> All right, now we're going after the other side of the aisle. Oh. Hillary and Bigfoot to run in 08. Oh, dang. Republicans scramble for candidates when news of the former first lady and her hard-hitting running mate's bid for the Oval Office is announced. So yeah, there's a picture here of Hillary Clinton hanging out with Sasquatch, Bigfoot. And the best part is Bigfoot has a little, like, uh, flag pin on Ooh. his chest. What Ow. is that pin to? Because that sounds painful. The look on his face, he looks like, yeah, he's like, I just want this to get over with. So I can take this <laughs> pin out of my, my peck. One question before we jump into this is, uh, do candidates usually pick a running mate before the primaries are done? No, I think it's like the last thing they do normally, I believe. Yeah, because uh, I'm not a big history buff, but I'm pretty sure that Obama won in 08. Yeah. Honestly, with politics, I don't see why they not they would reveal their vice president earlier. That'd help me make a decision on a president. But I guess things can always change. But I'd like them to have their vice president immediately as soon as they announce. Like, I'm running with him as my, you know, her as my vice yeah, president. Yeah, but if, if they pick somebody that was, like, running against them in the primaries and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the agreement. You don't run against me in the primaries, but you're my, you agree you'd be my vice president kind of. Kind of I mean, I for know. all we for all we know, they could do that. It's just, like, under the table. Yeah, or just not smart, you know, as a political move. Oh, anyway, so, uh. All right, so Homer, New Hampshire, a member of the Hillary Clinton's campaign team, couldn't suppress his excitement when he recently confided to Weekly World News that the New York senator is not only running for president, but has selected a running mate in the 2008 race. Leading Republicans have threatened a wild and woolly battle in the upcoming election, and we've got just the guy to help meet that challenge, said Clinton advisor Don Key. The guy is none other than towering wild man, well known to readers of Weekly World News. We don't mean Bill Clinton, we mean Bigfoot. I like how they had to make that distinction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bigfoot doesn't intend to bully people, Key went on. His style will be a no-nonsense, get-it-done approach similar to Teddy Roosevelt, with a slightly altered motto of grunt softly and carry a big club. Uh, 
Make up your own mottos, guys. Come on. Like, if you're going to run for president, like, pay the $10 to get somebody to make a motto for you. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was letting Bigfoot make his own material. And that was, like, the first and only time they let him, you know, just, like, like my motto is, car- <laughs> you know, grunt softly and carry a big club. And then, like, his PR guy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Mr. Squatch, we're going to have to talk to you about your uh, motto there. <laughs> when told of the still secret news, GOP spokeswoman Ellie Funt ridiculed the idea. Good grief. How can somebody run for vice president when he doesn't even exist? No one ever sees him except for hunting prey in the wild or battling equally imaginary foes. Uh, I think that's might be in reference to Bigfoot versus the aliens, which was also an issue of Weekly World News. I imagine also maybe Bigfoot's like some protector of the world. It's kind of like, you know, like uh, Godzilla has like the King of the Monster thing going on. Oh, yeah. Maybe God or Bigfoot has like the King of the Cryptids where he just goes in the forest and beats up other cryptids that, you know, danger mankind. I, I'm really fond of that idea. <laughs> we should make a movie. Just get a guy in a gorilla suit and he goes and punches a chupacabra in the head a couple times. Yeah. Or we can just find the real Bigfoot and tell him to fight stuff. We could. Like, here, here, here's a GoPro. Go fight things for us. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded that this is how most people saw Dick Cheney, Funt stayed on message. Running Sasquatch is just another stupid stunt by desperate Democrats, she continued. Besides, the public won't vote for somebody who stinks like a billy goat. Who'd come to those rallies? The red states, most likely, remarked Don Key. Ha <laughs> ha, got him. <laughs> While shocking to many, the choice is not entirely a surprise. Political observers first became suspicious when they read about Bigfoot getting into shape, uh, referencing the Bigfoot diet in Weekly World News January 1st, 19, not 19, 2007. That was weird. It was obvious that his workouts and dieting were a preparation for some type of public appearance. Democrats are mostly enthusiastic about the potential candidate. Typical is Washington State Delegate Ernie Furman. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'd be proud to vote for the old boy, he said. We got a lot in common. We live in the same area. We both hunt deer, and neither of us are much for going to barbers. I even forgive him for stealing my wife back in 65. <laughs> That's You got a problem if Bigfoot steals your wife. Hey, man. Like, like I said last episode, we mentioned Bigfoot. There is, uh, there is Bigfoot erotic love novels out there. I yeah, kid I you really not. don't. I really don't want to talk about that again. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll do a full reading one day of one. <laughs> After all, it was a hard winter and it can get lonely up in the mountains, Furman laughed. I guess that would make him a natural politician, right? Still, the Clinton camp knows there's much work to be done. Bigfoot will have to stop shunning crowds, kicking dogs who come sniffing his leg, and learn to be accepted in polite society, admitted Key. When he nearly crushed my knuckles, I knew we had to begin teaching him a proper handshake. And we may have to rule out kissing babies, not because he scares them, but because he attracts them like a big live teddy bear. The last thing we want is a video of a bunch of tots clinging to his fur while their moms scream in terror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not very good optics. Fortunately, once she's had a hot shower and a leg wax, his companion, the former Mrs. Beatrice Furman, will make a charming co-campaigner to her common-law mate. Objective political scientists disagree about whether Bigfoot will help the Democrats' chance in the election. The public is tired of the same old sound bites and party lines, said Dr. Will Ferristate of the Green Mint Think Tank. They want an outsider to represent them. Since we've seen how a low, lumbering, semi-human creature with few verbal skills can attain elected office these days, Bigfoot should be a shoe-in. I just love how politics are uni- like like no matter what time these these statements apply yeah you know i mean like like people were saying like oh we need a, a an every man like, like every election it's, it seems like it goes on to say not so says sociology professor frank benjamin is that a play on benjamin franklin yeah i mean we had one someone named ellie font so 
I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, play on that name. Bigfoot, Bigfoot has no credentials, no track record, unless you count muddy footprints in a marsh. He doesn't have a snowman's chance, Benjamin added. There's also a problem with his legislative agenda. I've heard he thinks litterbugs should be torn limb from limb. I don't disagree. I'm reasonably sure that language will not be accepted by certain liberal legislators, though, ironically, the conservatives may warm to it. Damn, like, taking pot shots left Jeez. and right here. Of course, the big unanswered question remains, why would this normally shy creature agree to step into the spotlight? We first approached him with a banana and a platform that is heavily environmental, stated Key. Turns out he's very concerned about our vanishing wilderness, forests sickened by acid rain, and polluted waters. He's saddened that this once pristine home environment is degraded rapidly. I truly believe he'll rule the Senate in a positive way for eight years in a Clinton administration, then go on to serve as our president for two terms, predicted Key. <laughs> Can you imagine him negotiating nuclear weapons control with North Korea? I can even see the campaign slogan now, he said. Give him hell, Harry. Uh, I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit of the North Korea joke, because <laughs> that is way too easy. But absolutely, I feel like like we now more than ever we need Bigfoot as a as a running candidate. You know his we his do. environmental platform is like it's very strong. I, I imagine so. Yeah, he lives there. I mean, I mean, no one else lives in the wilderness more than he does. Yeah, as far and as... I for for a lot of people like they the 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 environmental issues are, are like the big issue. You know, so yeah. you know you bring in a candidate like this who's all about the environment, like he's gonna get a lot of votes. I think, I mean, it depends on the council. I mean, he wants to, like, rip litter bugs, you know, arms off stuff. I mean, getting pretty, like, tyrannical, you know, at that point. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, is it really that hard to, you know, not throw something, you know, you know, in a bin? Just throw it in a bin, damn it. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, just, uh, you don't want to get your arms ripped off by a copper, you know, whatever it is. But, unfortunately, that is a world we will never see because Hillary lost to Obama, I think. I, my history's so bad. Uh, yeah, I think it was two. Yeah, I forgot 2008 or 2012 she ran. I think I want to say it was 2000. No, it was, it was 2008 that it's she 2008? ran. Yeah. Okay. But then she lost because reasons. Yeah. I'm not going to get into I, that. I, I don't know. I wasn't really following politics too much. I didn't really start following politics till the 2016 election, kind of. Oh, well, well, 2008 was the first time I was able to vote, and then I threw it away by voting third party. No. Hey, that's still not thrown away. You're still you're sending out your voice saying, hey, I want a third party. Because, I mean... I imagine you probably look at every single election. I imagine the independent votes are getting more and more and more every time. Yeah, especially in 2016, the Libertarians got, like, the most amount of votes ever, I think. I mean, I was kind of rooting for, uh, I think, uh, 2016. I mean, we're getting off topic here. We're talking about actual politics here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll mention it off air, I guess, or something. But, yeah. But anyway. But yeah, uh, Sasquatch, I mean, or Bigfoot. Uh, is that racist if I call, like, a Bigfoot a Sasquatch? Is that like no, really I feel bad? like I feel like it's kind of like like you go by Michael or you go by Mike. Like you can go by both. Because I mean, like one like you know Sasquatch has like you know white fur and you know uh, Bigfoot usually has like brown or black fur, you know, kind of thing. I always thought they were the same thing. I, I don't know. I just uh, I I I don't want to be insensitive to the the Yeti kind or, or Sasquatch kind. I'm sorry. See, I don't know the I don't know the actual terms. I'm... I figured it was my friends call me Bigfoot. People who aren't my friends call me Sasquatch. Uh, you know, okay. It was like Sasquatch is the formal term, or Bigfoot is like the nickname. Nickname. I got it. I mean, other environment, I don't see what else uh, Sasquatch would be too strong on. But I mean, I guess as a vice president, you can do a lot on the environment without, you know, having to be the president. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I, don't, I, that. I don't trust him in foreign stuff whatsoever. I'm not sending him over to talk to another you know, world leader, all that. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not having him doing like public appearance stuff. Like I'm not having him do the uh, Easter egg hunt they usually do on the White House. I don't know. Maybe I bring him with me if I need to intimidate another world leader. You know, I need to get serious with, like, North Korea. <laughs> yeah, I'd come over. I'd bring Bigfoot with me. Big full on, you know. Also, I wonder, like, ask him, do you have any friends? And, like, you want to bring him over? You can be a security detail. Stuff. So that'd be pretty cool. See some Sasquatches. Yeah, well, I imagine there's got to be other Sasquatches out there. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, how did he come to be, you know, and stuff. So get all your buddies. We'll give them earpieces and sunglasses and they can guard you. You know, y'all can just grunt each other. It'd be great. (laughs) All right. So for our final article, Elvis to run for president. Wait till you hear where he's been. So he's running 08 also? Oh, I mean... Yeah, this is this is also 08. He ran against Hillary Clinton. Man, o- Obama beat Elvis and Hillary? And Sasquatch? It's pretty impressive. I, I thought he just beat uh, Hillary and some... Who was it? Oh, wait. Oh, Romney? Was it Romney or... Uh, Yeah, I think it was Romney or McCain or... I don't know. I think it was McCain. Either way. Uh, Me- <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis Presley is alive and well, tossing his silk scarf into the ring for the 2008 presidential race. Um, If you think back to our first episode, our pilot episode, I talk about how uh, they killed off Elvis. I think it was 2004. And then they brought him back. Yeah. Like they they Uh, killed off Elvis at one point, but now he's he's back again. So this is like his his second. Probably spent the last four years studying politics, you know, stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, good call. You know, getting ready because like. You know, as soon as he's going to run for politics, there's going to show videos of him, you know, back in the whenever he was popular 50s, you know, swinging his hips around. He's like, explain this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) In an exclusive interview with Weekly World News, the king of rock and roll has emerged from seclusion to offer America the leadership it deserves. This country is in danger of going straight down the toilet, said Presley, 70, which is precisely where the rock and roll's ravaged body was found on Wednesday, August 16th, 1977. Presley's quote-unquote corpse was discovered at 2.30 p.m. by his road manager, Jerry Esposito, in a bathroom in the legendary singer's Graceland Mansion in Memphis, Tennessee. Contemporary reports declared that Presley died of cardiac arrhythmia, in layman's terms, a heart attack. In truth, Presley had collapsed as a result of drug abuse and a compulsive overeating, in layman's terms, pigging out. (laughs) My people knew they had to take desperate measures before I really croaked, Elvis told us. They decided to fake my death and force me to make a healthy new life for myself, far from the temptations of show business. They tried to stuff me in a barrel and spirit me out of Graceland, <laughs> but they couldn't find one big enough. Holy oh, crap. Dude. Finally, they shipped me out of the country in a crate. Okay, you can't treat the king of rock and roll like this, guys. Well, he, he's talking about himself. He's, he's, I see he's humbled himself. He's being self-deprecating, showing that, you know, he's a, he might be the king, but he's willing to crack a joke about himself. About it. I saw it as they, they actually shipped him out in a crate. I mean, yeah, they did ship him out in a crate, but uh, I mean, Elvis is kind of just, you know, poking fun of himself about how they couldn't find a barrel big enough for him, so they had to use a crate. Okay, I'll admit, I voted for Elvis in 08. Okay, so I might be a little biased on this one. So <laughs> I, I was really out of it, man. The next thing I knew was wandering around the Australian outback looking for barbecued ribs. One morning, God came to me in a dream. He looked and sounded like Buddy Holly, sort of like your Madam Melissa said a couple issues back in Weekly World News, uh, April 18th. I got down on my knees and begged forgiveness for my sins, mostly gluttony, and promised to change my evil ways. God gave me a cold, hard look and said, that'll be the day. I'm pretty sure that's a Buddy Holly song. Uh, I, that, makes sense, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I swore I could do it. I reminded him of all the gospel songs I'd sung and how I'd played a doctor in Change of Habit. I said I'd raise the social consciousness of a nation with my song In the Ghetto. I promised to devote myself to good works. God agreed to give me a chance, so I spent nearly three decades working with missionaries to bring peace in, a- in Australia. Uh, was there not peace in Australia before? Uh, there was a huge kangaroo wars going on during that, that time. Okay. I mean, they kind of kept it low key. Like the media didn't talk too much about it, but it, it was nuts. I mean, okay. like if it was happening, like I don't know, somewhere closer to America, yeah, we've been hearing about left and right. Yeah. But also, I, also, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, you know, Buddy Holly is an angel. That's kind of cool. You know. So no, it said God looks like Buddy Holly. Oh wait, what? Oh, oh. Well, is Buddy Holly God or? I kind of feel like it's saying that right now, and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, Elvis is probably out of his mind. You know, from like eating pork ribs and doing drugs <laughs> and all that stuff, where he saw. 
a Buddy Holly god. True to Elvis's word, Australia had enjoyed 30 years of domestic peace. With his mission accomplished, Presley turned his eyes homeward. He was shocked to find the United States tinkering on the brink of godlessness, the result of a liberal press and gay marriage. Okay, <laughs> stop. <laughs> we are not talking of no. Stop hey, it, Elvis. I know it, I know it's rough, but I mean his other policies were all really good though, you know. I'm <laughs> I don't think that the gay marriage thing would have stuck, you know. But uh it was then that he decided to launch his presidential campaign. Ronald Reagan was a movie star and became president, Presley declared. Well, I'm every bit as good of an actor as he was, so why shouldn't I be president too? <laughs> good logic, good logic. <laughs> when I met Richard Nixon at the White House, he made me a federal agent at large, sending commies off to do the jailhouse rock. I brought peace to Australia and communism is a joke. Just think of what I could do to the war on terror. How are those connected? Oh, no, because of, uh, you know, the great Australia wars, uh, the communist, you know, kangaroos and the communist kangaroos, he came back, he uh, he defeated them. Uh, you know, actually pretty diplomatically. I mean, it could have been a bloodbath, but he <laughs> he salvaged it pretty well. You know, the kangaroos kind of just live in their own little corner. People live in their own little corner. You know, it's like everyone in Australia just lives like on one side of the coast because that's because of the yeah. whole deal. And then the kangaroos okay. live on the other side of the coast. But of course, they can go back and forth. Um, okay. You know, tensions are still tight. You know, people, Australians still shoot the kangaroos every once in a while. Kangaroos still box up someone. But I'm glad we have you here to educate us on the Australian kangaroo wars. Like I said, dude, I voted for Elvis. I had to do some research. So he, he stopped communism in Australia. Asked of his opinion of the current administration, Presley said, One thing I learned in my singing career was how to enunciate and pronounce words right. If we have a nuclear war during my presidency, it'll be nuclear, not nuclear. <laughs> Remember, this is a throwback to the earlier part of the episode when we were laughing about Bush saying nuclear. I wish I had the power to pronounce words. <laughs> If we invade a country looking for weapons of mass destruction, I sure won't forget to have a backup plan, like seizing and protecting their oil fields. W is a God-fearing man, but he always screwing up like that. At the White House Easter egg hunt last month, I hear there were no eggs. He forgot to hide them. It's all that booze and drugs he took as a kid. Pot calling the kettle black? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it doggone impossible to remember anything. I should know. What were we talking about? Oh, that's a little bit okay. of a... There you yeah. go, that self-deprecating human, humor, humor there. There we go. Uh, Elvis, who intends to run on the Graceland ticket, plans some major changes when becomes commander-in-chief. First off, we'll move the White House from D.C. to Las Vegas. You ever been in Washington after 9 p.m.? It's a graveyard, man. Some of those dudes, like Frist and Lot, they need to get down. The king is playing God. it close to the sequin vest when it comes to naming a running mate. Vice President, let's just say I ain't the only famous singer whose death has been greatly exaggerated. Don't be surprised if you hear Light My Fire at the inaugural ball. Uh... What singer is that? I mean, the only light fire I can think of is the Doors, but I'm pretty sure. He's oh not. yeah, it's the Doors. Um, oh, so he he's, he's referencing. Yeah, he's referencing uh, Jim Morrison there. Oh, okay, nice. Yes, yeah, um, that's why I voted for Elvis. <laughs> Presley doesn't think he'll have much competition from either Republicans or Democrats. Or the GOP has lost the ladies and the minorities. As for the Democrats, John Kerry was a sailor on a swift boat. It was different in 1958 when I got drafted and went to Germany to clean up what was left of the Nazis. As for Mrs. Clinton, she may think she's heading for the White House, but she's going to be checking into Heartbreak Hotel instead. Let's face it, compared to the chicks who will be campaigning with me, Anne Margaret, Stella Stevens, Nancy Sinatra, Hillary ain't nothing but a hound dog. That oh. is just casual sexism, I think? But at least he shows he's, he's hiring women, you know, so I guess he can, he can let him... Uh... Yeah, but only the attractive women. <laughs> yeah, of course, I mean... <laughs> I mean, is that what you do when you hire? Seriously. <laughs> no, Mike. Oh. That is not. <laughs> oh. So that's probably why my business went underwater. Presley has little doubt he'll land the presidential gig in 2008. Then after eight years of the rockinest presidency this great land of ours has ever seen, you'll be hearing these immortal words in 2016. Elvis has left the White House. That was a roller coaster. 
So is, is Elvis running on the, is he running as a Republican or it sounds like he's running more as a Republican. He's running under his party. He's calling it the Graceland ticket. Oh, okay. So. so he's, he's doing third party called Graceland. Okay. I guess it makes sense. He's kind of seemed kind of bounced back and forth a little bit on some stuff, but I don't know why he think a third party would win that easily. Third third parties don't have a history of doing well. I'm just gonna say, like, even if they're well known, like Gary Johnson tried really hard in 2016 and he, you know, crashed and burned. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very strange to me. In the past, we'll have a day. One day, I I think I think over time, people will get sick of the the two. Yeah, over here. over time, or someone they'll make a new like hybrid of the two. And anyway, we'll, we'll get to we'll get too much into serious politics. But yeah, Elvis. I mean, I vote for the guy. Uh, he had a good ticket, except like the whole, you know, gay marriage thing. Like, like I said, you know, that was did, in 2008. He, uh, even if America... he did get in, it's not like he just, you know, straight up go and ban it. You know, you still have to pass all these laws and all that stuff, you know. And that, that was in 2008 when uh, the, the gay marriage thing was a lot more contentious than it is now. Like, yeah. it was a lot more evenly split. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe by now he would have changed his mind. Uh, I know other people certainly have. I mean, I think it was Clinton herself was against gay marriage in the early 2000s. Yeah, so it's... It's 2008. People change their minds between yeah. now and then, or then and now. So I just, I, I try not to hold it against the guy. I, I think, I don't know. I, I think uh, Elvis would hold his position on gay marriage for some reason. He'd be like, not 10 out of 10 on everything. And then like, it's like, what do you think about gay marriage? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not. Uh, that's, that's our politics episode. Um, okay. Let me ask you this though, Tristan. If you have any combo of like, Real life politician running with a like say a cryptid or anything like that, any paranormal creature or being, what would you like to see? Um, my gut says Gary Johnson. Okay, because he is psychotic. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Gary Johnson and uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a cryptid that matches his energy. Uh, let's let's go with uh, Gary Johnson and the the Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> Because the the, fre- the Fresno I know what that is, dude. Just, every week I do this show, you got like the Fresno Nightcrawlers, the, the interstate city like frogmen. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you need to educate yourself on cryptids. There's like That's ten million God. of them. It's like every city, I, every, the every town I live I, in has a cryptid. <laughs> every week I I tell you to listen to this cryptid podcast I listen to, and you don't listen to it. <laughs> Is he gonna tell me about the interdimensional Detroit sewermen or whatever? <laughs> Okay, smart guy, who would you pick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would pick uh Okay, so we have to pick an actual like politician. We just can't pick Yeah, like, a politician anyone. and a cryptid. Uh I would go with uh what was that guy that yelled and everyone hated him? Uh, Howard Dean. So was, I just want him, but he has to yell all the time. Right. For running mate Ah man, cryptid. Maybe uh I would want to I would want to get weird. I want to get like some super like three eyed, like psychedelic, like alien. I don't know, something like enlightened being. I don't know how to, what kind of cryptid, is there any cryptids like that? They're like demigods, like they know everything, or they speak in riddles. Like, is a Mothman like uh, that, or? Yeah, Mothman is like, he'll predict the future? Mothman. Uh, Boom. Howard Dean go, okay. and Mothman, uh, ticket. See, you have me at Mothman, but you lose me at Howard Dean. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want a bunch of, yeah, you know, going on. <laughs> and then Mothman will say some weird stuff about, like, the world burning in, like, 2127. <laughs> Okay, so that's our, our politics episode. Uh, I hope it wasn't too divisive, because I know the world is already divisive enough. We're um, not taking an actual stance on any politician or any political debate. I'm ready to uh, on social media and complain about stuff, about <laughs> politics. I'm going to complain about everything Tristan said this episode, <laughs> and Tristan will do the same to me. Uh, before we move on to the current events, um, I want to talk about our sponsor, 
this week we are sponsored by oh we got sponsors yeah we're, this week we're sponsored by the skunk apes stink cakes Ooh. they are disgusting i like them um they they sent us a box each of the stink cakes and they are just the smelliest nastiest things you've ever put in your body I, I like them as long as you don't leave the package open for too long just don't let the smell scout. Just open it and eat it immediately. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, don't don't let it touch your tongue. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I had it with a nice glass of milk, and mm, it was good. I ate the whole box down. Go go to their go to their website and type in Bat Boy, and they will give you a discount. Uh, the discount is not steep enough. And if yeah, go to uh, unauthorized personnel on YouTube and look, like, and subscribe to every video. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's how you get that. Okay, well. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to current events. Um, I'm going a little bit outside the box on this one. Okay. Uh, this one was sent to me by my wife. Thank you, Cassie. This comes to us from eBay.com. Have you ever heard of eBay, Michael? No, I think you mentioned how you got you got a, a magazine from there one time. But that's the <laughs> website just holds a bunch of stuff for you. Like it just you know, like, hey, I need to keep yeah, my spaceship keep stuff here. Oh, here's the eBay. You can put it in. It's a bad joke. So eBay is if you have been hiding under a rock for the last like 25 years. Uh, it's a website where that you buy stuff with auctions. Okay. Um, this is a listing. It is 10 sealed brand new Blu-ray copies of The Boy Next Door, and in parentheses it says, Cursed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, someone's selling 10 cursed DVDs? Blu-rays. Oh, Blu-rays. Oh, that's yeah. even... Oh, you got high-def cursed going on now. Um, the starting bid is $2.70. There are zero bids so far. Uh, the shipping is $15, which... <sighs> If it was cheaper, I would totally bid on it. Same here. <laughs> the part where it gets good is this is in San Diego. Oh, really? Like this is this is like our our hometown basically. Ooh. This is this comes from like our backyard. Dang. God, I'm so tempted to to actually bid on this because Dude. I want some cursed Blu-rays so bad. Or at least get a bid war going for this guy so he makes some money <laughs> off these. Uh... And the, okay, so the main reason I don't want the DVDs himself, but he has the most buck wild backstory for this that I'm going to read to you. Nice. And I want to give him money just for writing this because I feel like like I need to pay for this entertainment that I will be reading to you. I almost want to just pay him just for the backstory. Like, these are 10 DVDs that are cursed. Like, here's $17. Please tell me the story why you think these are cursed. <laughs> I will take him off your hands. Let me read the story he's written in the product description. Right. It's it's a long one, so it's uh, buckle up. Right. Oh, God, it's really long. Um, okay, so I have... 10 sealed Blu-ray copies of The Boy Next Door, a 2015 erotic thriller starring Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, and Ryan Guzman. However, I have not seen the movie, so I cannot vouch for the quality of the film. However, if you're a J-Lo fan, you probably know what you're getting into. Before you bid, I feel obliged to tell you exactly what you're bidding on. These Blu-rays have a backstory. My friend Andy and I used to be very into urban exploring. A few weeks ago, Andy brought a dude to our bar, saying he'd met him on some urban explorer subreddit. The guy introduced himself as Critter. I wanted to laugh at the name, but the dude was huge, probably six feet tall and roughly 250 pounds of muscle. He was super intense. I'm pretty sure he never blinked. Right away, I had a bad feeling about Critter. And when he went to the restroom, I turned to Andy and asked him what the hell he was thinking bringing this guy along. Andy said to hear him out. Yeah, Critter was a little intense, but the guy had experience exploring places that Andy had never heard about. Critter also claimed to have made a lot of money from antiques and other things he found on his explorations. I have a very tight income, so I like the sound of that. Critter returned from the bathroom and orders a round of beers. After that, he bought another round, and then another. It didn't take long until we were all drunk and laughing. I felt bad about my first impressions of Critter, who now seemed like a nice guy. Critter asked if we were down for weekend exploration. When we asked where he had in mind, the answer made my heart jump. Marshall Scotty's. Marshall Scotty's was an amusement park in the east of the city many years ago, but in the 90s, the park closed down and now it still sits there resting and decomposing. This might seem like a gold mine for urban explorers, but the stories of that place 
It's the type of stuff kids talk about at sleepovers to scare other kids. These stories are imprinted on my brain. Rides that mysteriously start up at night, sinister laughter from the darkened concession stands, and disappeared kids, they are all part of Marshall Scotty's lore. There are also a lot of rumors of homeless encampments in the former funhouse, which is reason enough to avoid going there. Running into homeless people is actually fairly common when urban exploring, but I try to avoid it. It just feels gross to act like a tourist in someone's shelter. I don't know if Critter knew all these stories, but he struck me as the type of person that wouldn't care even if he did. But the prospect of adventure and Critter's optimism calmed my unease. We drove out to Marshall Scotty's on the following Saturday night. I sat in the back of his truck. Nobody talked because Critter had turned his music up to ear-splitting volumes. He drove fast and kept drumming his thumbs against the steering wheel. I thought he must be on drugs or insane amount of energy drinks or something. Critter turned down the music as we pulled off the highway. Nobody spoke. The only sounds were the gravel popping under Critter's wheels as we pulled off the road across from Marshall Scotty's. It was somehow worse than I'd imagined it. A crooked funhouse appeared to have grown out of the ground at an odd angle, and the remnants of a Ferris wheel looked like a prehistoric skeleton silhouetted against the night sky. I suddenly had a feeling that someone was watching us. Critter walked toward a barbed wire fence surrounding the park, swinging a flashlight like he wasn't afraid of anyone catching us. Andy followed. Despite a sour feeling growing in my stomach, I followed too. The barbed wire fence was easy to hop. Once we were inside the grounds, Critter gathered us into a mini huddle and told us that sometimes old stuff will sell for bank at antique stores, and if we find anything, we should grab it. I was only half paying attention because I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I wanted to go back to the car. I wanted the night to be over. Critter led us straight to the, one of the crooked funhouses. He had no trouble getting in because the door wasn't locked. I hated the place immediately. Broken glass from the hall of mirrors littered the floor. A thousand shards refracted Critter's flashlight, producing horrible inverted constellations. The walls were covered in disturbing graffiti. Abandoned hope all who enter. Help me, and weirdly, hello, repeated dozens of times. The whole place smelled like piss. Critter's light fell on something and he gasped. I followed the beam. One of the full-length mirrors had broken like a doorway framed with jagged glass. Though, there were stacks of cardboard boxes, pristine and new. We stepped towards the boxes. Critter reached through and grabbed one. He handed me the flashlight and took out a pocket knife, carefully slicing the tape that held the boxes closed. Inside, there were ten unopened Blu-ray copies of The Boy Next Door. A scream shot through the funhouse and we all jumped. A man had appeared from within the broken mirror room. He crawled toward us on all fours. I heard broken glass crunch under his hands and knees. The man stuck his head through the broken mirror door and our light illuminated his face. I shuddered. The face belonged to an old man, but deflated like a balloon. There were three slashes along his face, as if his cheek had gills. They looked like they were self-inflicted. Only one of his eyes could focus on us. The other rolled to the side. The old man asked us what we were doing here, and I began to apologize, but Critter told him to get lost. The man's good eye fell upon the box that Critter had opened. A look of panic came over his face. He begged us not to take the box. I'll never forget the words he said next. They keep him in the corner, the old man said. He looked over my shoulder at something. He's in the corner, you see. He's always in the corner. I turn around. There is nothing there. It's always that good omen when you find something. You get the crazy person you know, shows up and is like... <laughs> just like... Critter moved to get back on his feet, but the old man grabbed Critter's arm. And that's when Critter lost it. He sunk a fist into the man's good eye. The old man screamed. Oof. Critter struck him again, and this time the old man's eyelids fluttered. He slumped unconscious halfway out of the mirror door. Critter stood up and turned to us. His eyes were dilated from the adrenaline. They looked completely black. Then at that moment, two people jumped out from behind the mirror and pulled Critter backwards so fast I couldn't even see their faces. Critter fell on top of the boxes. He was immediately covered by dark forms. Critter screamed. Andy and I looked at each other and bolted. At the exit, I paused. I don't know why I did it, but I turned around. I ran back and scooped up the box of Blu-rays. Critter's screams were weirdly cut off, and I mistakenly looked through the mirror door one last time. Above the melee, a pair of yellow eyes stared at me from the darkness. Again, I turned and ran. Andy and I ran through the empty fairway of Marshall Scotty's. We jumped the fence and ran down the road. We didn't stop until we found a gas station and got an Uber home. Andy and I didn't talk the entire time. We haven't talked since. I drove by Marshall Scotty's the next day, and Critter's car was gone, and for a brief moment I allowed myself the glorious thought that perhaps nothing had ever happened. But then I remembered the box of movies. 
When I remember the man's words, I almost laughed. A JLo movie keeping him at bay? I'm speculating here, but perhaps the Blu-rays were the only thing of value that he owned, and for that reason, had assigned some delusional power to them. Or he's just crazy. <laughs> but recently, I've started to see the eyes. Those yellow eyes from the mirror room. The last thing I saw before running out of the funhouse. I see them in my dreams. They're always in the corner. Ever since I've had the Blu-rays, these nightmares have infected my head. It's difficult to sleep for more than a few hours per night, and I swear that sometimes when I wake up, the eyes are still in the corner for a few seconds before blinking away. I want this all to stop. So that's the backstory. Please don't bid frivolously. Serious paranormal experts only. Oh, and by the way, I placed a bid on it while you're reading the article. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, oh God, I wanted to cover that. Like, I know this is like a completely like out of the blue thing. Like, it's it's not a new source. It's not like, but it's so bonkers and it's from my hometown and I had to talk about it because I need an outlet for this. And I did bid on it. So it has eight hours and 40 minutes left. So if I do win, I will let you know and we'll do an update uh, next episode. We'll yeah, see. and hopefully nobody bids against you, but uh, there's only eight hours left. And this is the second time it's gone up that I know of. I saw this like, before weeks ago and he relisted it because nobody bought it. No. <laughs> so well, well, I'm about to drop 18 bucks on 10 cursed Blu-rays. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Can I, uh, with these things, can I screw people over if I give them all, like if I give my 10 copies to my friends? Are they all going to see yellow eyes or is that the secret? Like I got to keep them, those 10 copies separated. Or if I split up those 10 copies, he gets released. You know, those are the 10 things keeping them together in that box. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to experiment. If I win, I'm going to, I'm going to put the things around. I'll, I'll maybe somehow maybe make a little article or video, solo video on it for the channel. Yeah. We're, we're going to definitely need a follow up on this. I, I will. Because yeah. now, now I'm really curious. I wanted to bid on it, but I'm not paying $15 for something. I mean, I would love to like seriously get like someone that's like into this stuff and like show the box like is this haunted <laughs> yeah have them no, open like, it up it just blu rays like what's this like well i bought off ebay and they said it was haunted i just want to make sure if it was legit tell them the whole story <laughs> i don't believe the story one bit but you know it's a but it is a cool story about how they found it i want the story to be true because i mean i mean I, logically like as soon as critter disappears and i run first thing i'm doing is calling the cops like hey my buddy my internet buddy critter just got is being captured by a few people especially it was the next day they drove by to see his car or something yeah i, I definitely be, be calling the, the cops asap you know definitely after that or at least try to call him and if he doesn't answer then maybe you call i mean the thing is like i don't really don't really know this guy also i won't get yeah, too, too much of story but know. it is creepy though where it's uh mike remember there's no returns on this on this item so dude i I'm within like driving distance of this guy's place, so <laughs> just drop it off on his door. <laughs> drop it back off his place. Oh my gosh, that'd be so great. I'm, you know, I know he's not here to listen to this. Buy it. That uh, if he leaves his address on there, just return it. Say f you like that. Just like you. No, keep don't him, even. Don't me. even. Like don't that. even do that. Just just leave it on his doorstep. And that'll freak him out even more. Like, if the story is true, like, imagine how freaky that would be. Like, your cursed item but, comes back. But the, the funny thing is, if he sold this thing as a joke, and, you know, I'm the one saying, this thing, you know, screw you for selling this to me. I thought this was a joke. You know, I didn't believe in this stuff. And then uh, after I bought this, everything just started going wrong. The only thing I could figure was these damn J-Lo. <laughs> 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 screw me over. <laughs> so, you know, I'm returning this once it came. <laughs> if you want to burn it, burn it. If I see it on eBay again, I'm reporting you or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, just... Okay, I love this idea, though, of, like, selling something mundane and attaching a spooky backstory to it. Like You can't prove it, but I'm sure it's, like, some little no-no rule on doing stuff like this. Because I remember um, which, uh, some guys tried to sell a soul on eBay a long time ago. Yeah, but he wasn't selling a tangible item on eBay. You have to have an actual physical item to sell. That's true. But I want the cursed. If I if I if I just get ten ten JLOs and no curse, I, that's kind of false advertisement because I bought it for the intention of being cursed. 
what if the curse just sticks with him, though? I mean, it, we sure. don't know that the curse will move with the item. I don't know, because it was with the old guy, but then he starts saying, I start seeing the yellow eyes, too, after he took the boxes of, uh, oh, was this the girl next door? What was it called? The boy next door. You should do, like, an unboxing video when you get it. Yeah, if I get, if I win and I get it, I'll definitely do, like, make a video of each step of opening it. All right, so uh, that's the episode. Uh, if you want to contact us, we are on Twitter under Unauthorized Cast, I believe. At Unauthorized Cast. Uh, we, oh, I know it's, fuck. Dude, all of our social medias are so out of whack. Like, I, I messed yeah. up when naming, like, the Twitter. I should have named it, uh, or at least the Instagram, even though we still haven't put anything on there yet. Like, we have, like, three different names for all stuff. <laughs> so what, you'll see them all on the side of the video thing. I'll have them all listed on there. Yeah, just, uh, worst case scenario, look up Redacted and Expunged, and we should pop up. Okay. Also, if uh, you type on... in um, Unauthorized Personnel, we pop up. I think we're the first one on YouTube. Okay, we cool. pop up, so we got So that. search for either of those, because we don't know what we're doing. And I think I searched Batboy Lives, and I think uh, our first episode was, like, the third or fourth video down, I want to say. Oh, cool. All right, uh, next time there will be another episode of Redacted and Expunged. Uh, We will see you then. And remember, the real aliens were the friends we made along the way. Oh, yeah. Y'all have a good night, everyone. (laughs) 